Life Audio. Welcome to the Untangling Life Podcast with Rachel Wojo. I'm Rachel, and this podcast is where you'll find the space to clear your head and calm your heart. I'm so glad you're here. Make yourself at home. Well, hey there, and welcome to the Untangling Life Podcast with Rachel Wojo. I am so excited to introduce our guest today, Linda Shepard. Linda, thank you. Thank you for joining me. I'm so glad to be here with you. I will introduce you as someone who has a heartstring attached to mine in a very difficult way. We are both parents who have lost a child. And I always feel just a little weird saying that because, you know, there are widows, there are orphans, there are widowers, there are names that we attach to people who have lost a loved one, but there is no name for a parent who has lost a child. That is true. And so I'm never quite sure how to convey that um, deep, deep loss as a fellow parent. But I welcome you to the podcast today because I know you are going to provide some beautiful insight for our listeners. And I would love for you to share just a little bit about yourself and what you're doing these days. Well, I have written about 38 books altogether, and I uh, am a speaker And I also run a nonprofit called Right to the Heart, R-I-G-H-T. One of the main things that we do is that we encourage other women authors and speakers, and we train them, and we connect them, and we become a community. In fact, we just got back from our really big conference at CPE, which is Christian Product Expo, and we got to go to Asbury for a day, some of the advanced authors and we had a little revival. That is awesome. I wish I could have been there just even as a fly on the wall to see what was happening. That is so cool. I love it. Well, I wanted to dive in and help our listeners learn a little bit more about you in regards to prayer, because I know this is a topic that is near and dear to your heart as it is one that is near and dear to my heart. And I thought we would dive right in with trying to get a grasp on how did you, as someone who has written so many books on prayer, so uh, I'll pause for a minute and say, how many of the books that you've written have been focused on prayer, Linda? I think about 13 of my books have been focused on prayer out of my 38. And so it's kind of like I have more than one writing life. I've, I've written novels. You might have heard of the old potluck club series that kind of took the world by storm a few years ago. And, but since then I kind of shifted toward the prayer and it, it was such a natural thing for me to do. I found that when I was out there speaking, I was teaching the women how to pray through their heavy duty issues. And an editor heard me and invited me to write a book. And that was over 13 years ago. 
Yeah. Now, how did that come? That process of teaching had to come from a process of studying on your own. So where were you instigated in your own challenging circumstances to begin to really study the topic of prayer and learn to pray? Well, I had watched God heal my brother from a car crash and he should have been paralyzed from the neck down and he should have never walked again, but yet God healed him. That is so cool. And I thought that when my own daughter was in a very similar car crash as a baby, she was 18 months old. I really thought it would be simple that God would heal her too. But God took us on a different kind of healing adventure, if you will. My daughter spent over a year in coma mm-hmm. and came back to us disabled. And we got to keep her for another 28 years. And she lost her life in the hospital. I wouldn't really say she died of natural causes, but I will say she lost her life in the hospital. And mm-hmm. that was really hard. But going all the way back to, I was a young mom, I had a child in coma. I wanted to figure out how to reach heaven. I mean, my brother had done it. I really thought I could get and influence the Lord with my prayers. I wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. And I learned that there are many kinds of healing. Yes. I learned how to talk to God, but more than anything, I learned how to give God my situation and how to trust him for the miracle that he had planned. Right. Because those miracles look different for all of us, right? I often say that everyone talks about Lazarus and how he was raised from the dead and how miraculous that was. And you've heard messages and sermons and illustrations, and nobody ever really talks about the fact that he died again. And can you imagine what that was like? Can you imagine? He's, he's like, oh boy, here we go again. You know, I mean, he had to die a second time, but nobody talks about the, the harsh reality of that. Yes, there was a victorious moment and yes, there was a miracle, but that still wasn't the end of his story. Either way, his ultimate healing took place in heaven. And so I love what you just shared about that journey of learning to pray. I would love if you could share a little bit more. Really, that answers that first question of how did you become aware of your own need to learn to pray through challenging circumstances? But when did you really realize how to pray when you felt like you had no words? I mean, in those deep places of grief, I know I've I've shared many times on the podcast about how I didn't have the words to pray. I couldn't find words. I couldn't even find my brain. It was just such a mess from the trauma. And so I would love for you to share with our readers your journey through that. I think there's different kinds of prayer. Mm -hmm. There's the prayer where you use your words. There's the prayer where you just cry before the Lord. And the Holy Spirit will actually interpret your groans and your cries into the perfect prayers that you don't even realize you need to pray. And then there's just the prayer of of thanksgiving. There's the prayer of thanking the Lord that he's there. And then 
there's the prayer of trust. And that is a really difficult prayer to finally push, pull, claw your way to where you just say, whatever, Lord, I am yours and I am trusting you that this is your problem and you have a solution. Mm. And whether that solution is healing my loved one or that solution is healing my broken heart, Mm -hmm. I am going to rest in you. And that is what God is after. He is always after the miracles of the heart more than the miracles of the body. That's the ultimate transformation that he wants us to have. I think that so many of your books point towards that in all of the specific ways. They really hit those points and feeling like you can't pray is just such a helpless feeling, isn't it? Besides the scripture, which I talked about many times on the podcast, Romans 8, 25 through 28, and how all of that plays together in regards to how the Holy Spirit intercedes for us with words that we can understand when we can't even get our own words out. There is just communication happening across the spiritual heavenlies that is beyond what we can comprehend. What do you do to take comfort in that? How do you convince yourself of that comfort? Well, again, I really think it goes back to trust. And another piece of this is the Holy Spirit. Mm. We all have the Holy Spirit when we ask Jesus to come into our hearts, when we ask him to forgive us of our sins, when we say, my life belongs to you, we get the Holy Spirit. There was a famous pastor in 1895, who left South Africa and went to Chicago to be at Moody Bible Institute with Dwight Moody. And he was asked to speak to the body of of kids, I call them kids now, (laughs) that were there. And he taught them a really simple prayer that I think when you're grieving, it's something you could really pray. It's it's like a three-word prayer, and it's simply more Holy Spirit. And we can always have more of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And when we're grieving, to have more of the Holy Spirit, because we know that the Holy Spirit is a comforter, and we know that he is with us. We may be angry. We may be even angry at God for allowing. But when we just stop and we just release it all, and we say, I even give you my pain, Lord. I give you everything as a sacrifice of praise. I'm going to praise you in this storm. And I'm going to say more, Holy Spirit, to guide me, to lead me, to quiet my soul before you, Lord. And to realize I'm not God. Yeah. And I can't make God do anything. Right. But I can have a barrier against God because of my anger and my woundedness. Mm-hmm. I can just say, I give you everything. Right. I give you my pain. I give you my grief. I give you my daughter. I give you everything. Right. Say Stop. more Holy Spirit, more of you in my life. God, move. Yeah, I love that. I have never heard that three word, word prayer before. More Holy Spirit. And I think I will put that on a post-it note, <laughs> post it where I can see it on a regular basis because I do want to rely on the Holy Spirit more in my life. And I think there is a prayer communication piece that we 
we need in our hearts in order to be open to that surrender. So many of us stiff arm God and we don't even realize what we're doing, but we want to, we want God to be a part of our lives at our level, at the level that we want him to be, not at the level that he wants to be. And so he draws us in close through desperate circumstances. And rather than folding into his embrace and allowing him to hold us, we push back and we keep him at a distance. And so by praying more Holy Spirit, we're inviting that Holy Spirit to work in our hearts and to do the work that God has as a result of our circumstances. It is so much easier said than done, though, this area of trusting God. I read part of your book, Praying Through Hard Times. It's just one of my very favorites of all the books that you've written. There are many, and I won't go through all the titles, but what fabulous books you've written on prayer. And this one particular book, Praying Through Hard Times, it's about to be re-released. I should let everyone know. I think you, did you bring a copy to show so that we can look at that cover? I want to see, isn't it just so comforting and beautiful? Praying Through Hard Times, How to Give Your Worries to God and Rediscover Hope. Beautiful book. I want you all to listen carefully though about what this trust issue has to do with prayer. So I was reading along in the book and I came to this section that talked about zip lining. <laughs> and I thought, okay, I need to ask Linda, what does zip lining have to do with prayer? Well, I was invited, I was speaking out in Texas near the Austin area. We were at a little river area and we were all invited to go zip lining across the river. And I was just going to go and watch and cheer everybody on. Yay, you go do it until the peer pressure got me up on that platform. And it took some doing. I mean, I actually stopped the whole fun because when I got to that platform and they put that helmet on me and told me when they counted one, two, three, I was to jump off that platform off a cliff and over a river. All I could hear was my mother. And she was saying, if everyone were to jump off a cliff, would you jump off of one too? And my heart was pounding and my mind was saying, no, no, why would I? No. And I would not. They counted over and over. Everybody's staring at me. The speaker who's supposed to be the most spiritually mature person, uh, perhaps, maybe not, <laughs> the conference. And I would not jump until a young woman shimmied up the ladder and came to me and, and whispered in my ear. She said, don't look at it as jumping off a cliff. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. 
Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. She said, close your eyes, and when we say three, press into God. Hmm. One, two, three, I pressed into God. And it was like Psalms 23. My soul was floating above still waters. Mm. And on the other side, there was a handsome young man who grabbed me as I was floating by. (laughs) And I had had a lovely experience on that zip line. But it's like you say, in life, we look at these situations and we're on the edge of that cliff and we're like, No, I don't want to go over the cliff. But yet, when we know that God will be with us on the journey and he'll be on the other side of that experience with his arms. I'm going to cry right now because my my family and I lost two dear friends yesterday who fell off a cliff. Oh, my goodness. And, And on the other side of that, there was Jesus for them too, even though their lives are over. And that's one thing we have to factor into this whole thing. Our earthly lives are only temporary, but in Jesus, they continue. And he is always on the other side for us. Yes. Yes. And there's so much freedom in letting go and just letting God You know, we've heard that statement over and over again, but it's true. When you were at the the cusp of telling that story and your friend said, press into God, I thought she was going to say, step into freedom because (laughs) freedom is like where we can live and worship God and be okay with whatever he does in our lives because of that trust factor, because we've let go and we know really we don't have the control anyway right? We think we do, but we don't have the control. And so living under that umbrella of trusting him is such a beautiful thing. In your book, Praying Through Hard Times, you do say, this was one of the quotes that I pulled out. Sometimes we forget we're on an adventure with the Lord and that his presence is with us. But what would you say to those people who don't appreciate adventure? Thinking about a lady who who wrote me, she emailed me one time and she said she wanted to die and she wanted to end her life because she had asked the Lord to heal her puppy, her dog. And the Lord had let her dog die. So she was done. And I wrote her back and I said, that means that your faith was only going to be like eight years. Dogs don't live forever. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're all going to experience the joy of, of things in our life that come into our lives. And we're all going to experience the pain when things that we love are no longer there, right. including cute little dogs that we all love. And I have one who's been making quite a bit of noise this morning. My apologies. But <laughs> yeah, he's 16. He's old enough to drive a car. So Aww. we can't tell him no right now. We just let him do what he does. Aww. But we... We are all going to lose things and people that we love. And are we going to like go, well, Lord, that's it for me. I'm done with you. You didn't do what I told you to do. Are you over God? Right. 
No. Mm -hmm. Does God have a plan on the other side of your pain? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Are you going to like let go of that bitterness you're harboring in your heart for God and say, I give even that to you. I give it all to you. When we turn from our sins, do we also turn from our bitterness that God allowed things into our lives that we didn't appreciate? It's so interesting that you're bringing up that topic of bitterness because it was one of the questions that I started to send over to you and I didn't. I thought, oh, that's kind of harsh. But the truth is all of us have something we're holding on to that we're allowing to fester. And not only do we allow it to fester, but we foster it too, right? We allow it to fester and we foster it. We nurture it by feeding it little tidbits of thoughts that are unhealthy, that are not scriptural, that are not true. And all of, you know, whatever things are true, honest, just, all of those things we're supposed to be thinking on, we instead feed negativity to that little burden. And then that burden grows bigger and grows bigger and turns into bitterness. What would you say to the person who is really grappling with bitterness as a result of circumstances or situations? Maybe it's a loss, a divorce, disease, depression. There are so many different circumstances and you address a lot of these issues in praying through hard times. What would you say to the person who is struggling with that bitterness? Well, it's time for you to give a gift to the Lord. And I'm going to have to grab a Kleenex because I made my nose run. (laughs) Um, It's time for you to give a gift to the Lord. Mm -hmm. What are you going to give him? I want you to hold up your hands and say, Lord, I'm taking all this bitterness and this. I don't understand why you did that. And I don't appreciate it. And I think maybe you don't even like me. I want you to pull all that out of your, your soul. And hold that up to the Lord and say, I'm going to lay this down at the foot of the cross. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to, I'm going to tell you that I choose to trust you no matter what. And this is a prayer you can pray as often as you need to. And it's a way for you to take your focus off of your own pain. Right. Return your focus to a God who loves you. It may not seem like it. Mm-hmm. He didn't answer your prayer the way you wanted him to. I've been there too. Yeah, it hurts. It it really hurts beyond description. Last summer, I lost my dad, actually September 17th. So our one year anniversary of his death is coming up soon. And he was such a godly man who taught Sunday school for over 50 years. I mean, he was faithful to serve the Lord in so many ways. When we were aware that his illness had um, grown worse and that there was some more layers to it than what we originally thought, I prayed that spring so strongly, the Lord would give us more time with him. I really wanted more time. And I was praying the prayer of Nehemiah even, Lord, heal him so that we get 15 more years. 15 more years would be so awesome with my dad. And God didn't grant that prayer. He didn't honor that prayer. It wasn't what his will and his plan was for my dad. But I did get to experience a very holy privilege 
of being with him when he passed away and spending time with him, reading the Psalms and praying with him and preaching him into heaven, <laughs> if you will. I, I walked out of the room. I had been sitting crisscross applesauce on the bed beside my dad for three hours. And we had been reading and praying and singing. Well, I tried to sing. It was hideous. So we stopped the singing. <laughs> I couldn't get the words out for the tears. And then we, I paused for a moment and I said, dad, I really need to go call Matt. He's going to be wondering, Matt is my husband. He's going to be wondering where I am and what the status is and wondering how you're doing. So I'm going to step out and I'll call him and I'll be right back. And as soon as I stepped out of the room, I wasn't out more than 30 seconds when my sisters called me back in, called my name, and dad had gone to heaven just in that 30 second window of of me leaving the room. And so uh, my dad was never one to leave a church service in the middle of church. I believe with all my heart that he was just waiting for church to be over (laughs) so that he could go on to heaven. It was such a personal, beautiful, holy privilege that I can't even describe with words. I know God's timing for him was perfect, even though just a few months earlier, I had really prayed for more time with him and my heart's desire was 15 more years with him. What would you say in closing, Linda, to the person who says, well, that sounds great to just give your bitterness to God. But I still, like Lazarus, have to walk through another part of this journey. Lazarus, you know, he was raised from the dead. Who knows if he even wanted that? Like he was already in heaven. (laughs) Maybe he didn't want to come back to the earth. And then he walks through and and he has the grave clothes on him. They have to scrape those off of him, get those off of him so that he can be free to walk again. And so that person who's looking at this second season of life that looks different than what they thought it would. How can prayer be the tool to propel them forward in this new journey? When Lazarus pushed through life the second time, he entered a heaven that had Jesus in it. Mm -hmm. The first heaven, Jesus was on earth. Who would want to leave that? But he pushed into where Jesus was. And that's where we have to be. Jesus is with us on earth and on the end, in the end, in heaven. And we have to learn how to talk to him, how to be very honest and just share it all with him. Tell the Lord, he's not mad at you for being angry that you lost your loved one or you're going through a difficult time. He just wants you to stay connected to him. And as you As you just pour your heart out to him and say, Lord, this really stinks. I feel terrible today. I'm missing my loved one. Would you just step in here and be in this day with me? Would you just comfort me in this moment? Sometimes it's a moment by moment thing. And we just have to always be aware that he has never turned his back on us. He is with us in every moment. Even if we're like, I'm not looking at you right now. Mm-hmm. He's still there yeah. loving us and understanding. And as we begin to understand his great love for us, we can more easily let go of the pain that we're holding on to. 
Mm-hmm. And it may be that you will never fully recover from the pain and the loss. They say that you never fully recover from the loss of a child. And I would, after seven years of my daughter being gone, I would tell you that it's still hard. I miss her every day, every hour. Mm-hmm. But I know where she is. I was there when she crossed over. And I saw the smile on her face mm-hmm. when she saw the Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I know that she's now no longer disabled. She's totally healed, just like your dad. He's totally healed now in the big church, <laughs> the heavenly church, in the in the presence of the Lord place. Yeah. And we just have to let go of the past and be in the present and look forward to the future mm-hmm. in prayer, talking mm-hmm. with the Lord the whole way. I love that embracing his presence moment by moment. I think that that thought could sustain many of our listeners now. I want to ask you, Linda, to hold up your beautiful book one more time, Praying Through Hard Times. This book is a treasure. I thank you for writing it. And Linda, where can we find you? I will post all of the links in the show notes, but where is the best place for our listeners and our readers to find you? Well, uh, the easiest website to find me on is got, G-O-T, two, T-O, pray, got to pray dot com. And that they'll be able to get anywhere in, in my system of, of things that I do on the internet from there. Awesome. Awesome. And then I assume this resource is available in all the places at Christian book distributors and Amazon and all of the good places where you can go. I'll be sure that we provide the link in the show notes to all of those locations. Linda, thank you so much for sharing your heart with us today. I appreciate you in a very deep way and ask God's blessings on everything that you're doing moving forward. Would you close out our time together in prayer for our listeners? I'd be happy to, Rachel. And I'm I'm just going to pray with my eyes open because God is here. And Lord, I just ask that you comfort every hurting heart Mm. and that they would be able to start to know, yes, you are with them. Mm -hmm. And yes, they can trust you in the difficult times and in the and the times of grief. And yes, you are holding on to them and you have never let go. Uh-huh. And help them to be able to turn from their pain into looking into your loving face, mm-hmm. your loving eyes, and your loving arms. Mm-hmm. And you are ready to just wrap them in and you in fact you have wrapped them in your arms, but help them to know it. Mm-hmm. And we thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you so much, Linda. Thank you too, Rachel. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Untangling Life podcast with Rachel Wojo. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, be sure to subscribe. For show notes and free resources, visit rachelwojo.com. See you again soon. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. 
God looks at your heart, not your gene size. Do you know the verses yet still stress over your body? Oh, I get it. I was raised in church, but I struggled with food, eating disorders, and my body for decades. I'm Heather Creekmore, host of the Compared To podcast, where we talk about all things body image and comparison from a biblical perspective. We get real about the pressure to focus on appearance in a culture where looks seem to matter most. Whether you're wrestling wrinkles or battling the scale, Compared To Who is the show for you. You'll laugh a little and be encouraged a lot. If you're ready to stop comparing and start living, visit lifeaudio.com to listen and subscribe.